cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon Okay. Okay, so we're recording now. That was that was very anticlimactic. Um, so I thought that's what your wife said. <laughs> I mean, probably at some point, I'm not gonna lie. We were just talking about Keith's dick, so it's, it makes sense to us. So it checks out. So what I found, if you guys look at the screen that I'm sharing with you, is that I found a text based AI dungeon crawler. And I've tested it lightly, and so far it's fantastic. So we're going to play five minutes of a dungeon crawler and explain. What the fuck is this? Dude, so let's pick a setting. (laughs) The options are fantasy, mystery, zombies, apocalyptic, cyberpunk, and I don't know what custom or archive are, so we're not going to do those. See, see, to be difficult, I was going to say custom. Oh, no. (laughs) Fantasy. All right, fantasy. All right, select a character. Characters are noble, wizard. Oh, of Wizards. course, he's picking wizard. All right. <laughs> Character's name. That's you, Keith. Oh. You get to pick. Okay. Al Borland. <laughs> yep. All right. We're generating the story because AI is fucking fantastic and also Hold a little on. slow. Should, if, we're, if we're doing this, we should say for our listeners what we're actually... That's true. We are I using the website. The website is play.aidungeon.io. Uh, you can actually sign up using your Google account, which is what I did. The sign up is therefore like three seconds long, and then you just do quick start, and it gives you a couple options here. And you are and immediately we're not sponsored. No, not sponsored. But honestly, I found this like an hour ago, and I was <laughs> immediately enamored by it. So, um, <laughs> so here we go. This is this this is our this is our uh, AI dungeon. You are Al Borland, a wizard living in the kingdom of Larion. You have a staff and a spell book. You finish your long journey and finally arrive at the ruin you've been looking for. You have come here searching for a mystical spell book of great power called the Book of Essence. I hope it's Emerald, Emerald's Essence. Uh, Emerald Lagasse. You look around and see the broken statue lying on the ground. It appears to be made of bone. You notice a scroll case lying next to it. Do you open the the case and take the scroll? What do you guys think? No? No? It's a trap. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to. Oh, I already put no. You get to pick next, Tom. You got to talk. You got to talk faster. (laughs) And this game has to load quicker. (laughs) You leave the ruined <laughs> temple and continue your journey. <laughs> a few days later, you come across a camp. A group of goblins have set up an encampment and that appear is, to be guarding something. That was also me being the DM's worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where he's just like, I have, a, I have an adventure for you. I go <laughs> yes. the opposite way. Well, That's the, what you guys did to me every this, fucking time. This AI dungeon, <laughs> though, was immediately just like, fine, you leave. Guess what? You found some fucking goblins. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. Who's what it's doing? Oh, All right, Tom. Uh, what do you want to do? We uh, can type whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever I, I, we I, want. 
Uh, like I yeah. honestly, let's get ridiculous. That's that's what gonna, we should I, do. Uh, let, let let's go see uh, if there's any eligible uh, goblins who want to join us for the wizard prom. <laughs> okay. How <laughs> try to fuck a goblin? Don't kink shame. So we'll put ask the goblins if they want to go to the prom. Go to the prom. Wizard prom. Oh, I already, Fuck, I already hit enter. Already. I already hit enter. Oh, so we're just you're just going to the normal prom with goblins, not the wizard prom. So they're gonna. So uh, it says you decide to speak with the goblins. That was not. Is there is going, there going to, to be a prom, prom here? <laughs> Uh, so, is there going to be a prom here? A small goblin steps forward and replies, Yes. A wizard prom. <laughs> yes! Thank you, Keith. There we go. So. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. The goblin laughs, Oh, you mean the wizard prom. There won't be any wizards at the wizard prom. What? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Okay. Oh God. This is of, great. Of course, there's going to be wizards at the wizard. This is going to get prom. very cyclical. I'm going to have to end this one. It's my turn. It's in <laughs> the name. We'll see what this this silly little goblin. Has. I mean, that this, is this that goblin's is a, not yes ending us. No, no. Nope. This, Oh, so I, apparently I'm confused and a little angry, but the goblins laugh and laugh at my confusion. And they say, we just call it the goblin prom. <laughs> That's great. Holy shit, the goblins are trolling me. They oh, are. No. So it's my turn. Uh, I say, say hello to my little friend and cast Fireball. Little <laughs> friend. I think if we actually put these things in quotes, like it'll understand that we're saying things. Uh, yeah, yeah. So say hello to my little friend, cast fireball. A fireball flies towards wow. the goblins and engulfs them in flames. Hello, friend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you sit yourself. Yeah. So you say hello, friend, to yourself, and then a week. A week later, you find another camp. <laughs> oh, man. We really just glossed over uh, I burned all, all those that. goblins sitting yeah. around for laughing at us? Yes. I yes. <laughs> uh, see. So, so, oh, yeah, Tom, you... Is this uh, just the podcast instead of doing the podcast? This is, this is yeah, this honestly... This is better than the podcast. This is why I started, yeah. I started doing this, and I was like, oh, God, this is, this is pretty fantastic. So, Tom, what would, what would you like to do at this new camp, Tom? Uh, I, I'd like to see if, if this is a band camp and if any oh, of these God. goblins have any flutes. I'm going to have to fucking roast these band nerds. <laughs> Just like the old days. It's high school all over again. I'm going to say search mm -hmm. for flutes in the camp. So, do we, like, die eventually? Like, how do... 
I will. I will Where's tell you this. So the first one that I did, I was really ridiculous, and it ended in like four statements. Uh, okay, but then like, I did an I, I did another one that I feel like because we didn't do the first thing it wanted us to do. It's mm-hmm. like having us do like this endless cycle of fuckery. I mean. <laughs> All right, so you you start to explore the camp. You see various items that look like they might be used to make flutes. There are many flutes lying around, but they're all broken. So... I think Keith is up. All right. Uh, Please don't fuck yourself with a flute. <laughs> I'm going to say combine all the flutes one time into one giant flute to rule them all. Oh. <gasps> Let's see what it says. I'm really, I'm, the game. I'm really hoping it gets Lord of the Rings reference. All right, you combine all the flutes into one giant flute. You decide to call it a day and head back to camp. Uh, <laughs> oh, a few God. days later, you come across a third camp. God damn! It just oh, like shut me down. Whose turn is it now? That's Corey. Mine. Okay. To your camp, Corey. What are you gonna do? Uh... I cast Wish. <laughs> to make it all end. Damn, that's dark. <laughs> Alright. It's in there. I don't know what that means. They, like, if that was a genie <laughs> I know, wish, I left it open. Oh, I left it open-ended. Uh, you wish that everything you'd done in your adventures would just all go away like they had when you wished <laughs> your dad to come back when you were a child. Jesus! <laughs> oh, I, don't, no. I don't know if I could podcast it like that. <laughs> Damn! Damn! That, that a little too close to home. You just got owned <laughs> by the shit. AI. Oh, oh my god. Man. That was fucked. They didn't even like. Do I type anything else? It didn't give us like a. Ooh, what's up, Internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three adventurers in their thirties talk about old, new, and sometimes brutal role-playing games and (laughs) cartoons. I'm Corey. That's going to leave a mark, Zamir. I'm Tom Twilight O'Connell. I'm Keith. Gotta secure the wife, Barnofsky. <laughs> and today we're talking about... Tom, is it Spy Family or Spy X Family? It's, like it's Spy Family. It. Spy Family? It, they have okay. the X in it. it it's like one of those uh, other manga or anime titles that have like, you know, hearts or other characters like circles or whatever. Because well, in terms of uh, like Japanese titling, usually the X would be cross. Mm-hmm. So it would be Spy Cross Family. I looked it up just to check because I was calling it Spy Cross Family for a long time in my head. And okay. before I announced to you guys that this was the episode I picked this week, or, well, a few weeks ago, but we've had some delays, uh, well, I had to look it up holidays. just to make sure. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I was thinking about it, like, uh, 
Street Fighter cross Tekken. Mm. Like a lot of people that don't know it always call it like Street Fighter X Tekken or Street Fighter versus Tekken. It's just not Project yeah. Cross Zone, Project X Zone video games mm. and stuff like that. But like I mentioned, we uh, watched Spy Family. This was episode two, Secure the Wife. Yep. And because of the holidays, we kind of watched it a while ago. I don't know if you guys rewatched it today. I didn't have the chance. I actually, I never I got did. the chance to watch it a while ago. So I watched it twice today. I thought you were going to say that you didn't watch it at all. <laughs> I was going to say, what are we here for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, why Keith tried just... to sidetrack us with the. <laughs> yeah. uh, with do you the guys role just want to do game. more AI dungeons? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. You gotta you gotta hook that link up because I I would play that on my own. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I will yeah. send you guys the link. Honestly, Although I, I feel like it, it, I I need to see more. I feel like it basically just wants <laughs> to dunk on you. No, um, actually, the thing is, I played it like just three you times. Specifically, sometimes sometimes <laughs> it feels like it's working against you, but that is the first time it actually dunked on me. And I, okay. it's not like I played it a lot. I found it, like, in, no, at this point, like, two hours ago. Um, I was listening to, so the way that I found it, actually, I was listening to The Besties, which is, yet again, another McElroy podcast, or uh, McElroy adjacent. They're, they're on it, but not every time. Um, it's a video game podcast. And they mentioned an AI uh, dungeon crawler. So I just, like, Googled it. And started using it, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is this is this is like all those text-based dungeon crawlers from back in the day that were like very well built, but you had to like type specific keywords where things mm-hmm. happen. But this is all AI based. So like, the first one I did, I did a fantasy one, and then I was just like, I turn into a dragon, and it was like, yeah, you fucking turn into a dragon, and then I was like, uh." I kill everyone. And it's like, okay, yep. Jesus. You fucking killed everyone. Or no, it was uh sorry. Jesus. That was that was the second one. The first one was I was I was Princess Boobies Fart. And okay. my ki- my kingdom was my kingdom was under attack of a dragon, but it said that the dragon when I looked at it didn't seem that fierce. So I just put I kill it and it was like, Yeah, you killed it. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> And then it's like you got an award and a new title, and I'm like, I'm already the fucking princess. Like, what are you gonna do? So, so then I was like, all right, I enslave all the people, and it's like, all right, all the people are enslaved. And then I was like, all right, um, I turn into a dragon, and then it was like, okay, you're a dragon, and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna celebrate, and it's like, okay, you celebrate, and it's over, and I was like, fantastic. This is. The... I feel like it. You weren't typing any of the words that trigger it to do something weird. <laughs> I was, like, I... it was just like, like if that's what it literally was saying to you, it was just like, all right, cool. Like I just wrote my own story, and you basically said, yeah, you wrote your own story. Yeah, well, it kind of. It was weird. It was like uh, what I told it. I well, because I picked fantasy and I picked princess for the character, and then what I told it I wanted to do, it was just like, yeah, sure, fuck it, I'm like whatever. <laughs> You're good. And then, like, I did... So I wonder if it I did, like, well, what class you pick. It could. <clears throat> like, if we had tried to cast Fireball as, like, a thief, it wouldn't have worked. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably or not. Or if we tried to steal as a wizard, we would have got caught. I'm guessing that there's... Well, it is AI, so I'm, I'm guessing that there's all, like... 
it's it's all like probably percentage based, right? Like it's all tailored mm. to like that would be at least in my mind the way that it would make sense is like um if everything you tried to do based on your, you know, the setup of if it's like a fantasy mystery or whatever versus like what class did you pick versus you know whatever and that's actually just the quick start there's apparently other things that i have not explored on there whatsoever there is also a multiplayer mode so like hmm. i just didn't have enough time to like flesh it out but i figured it was entertaining enough um <laughs> which i think it proved that so yeah so anyway, uh, we were talking about Spy Family. We were yeah. talking about Episode 2. Tom, take it away. Sure. Uh, so yes, Episode 2 from Season 1, uh, which the second half of Season 1 is currently airing. We're recording this on December 1st of 2022. Uh, this anime just started premiering this year. Uh, it's based on a manga of the same name from Shonen Jump. Uh, it's known for its wonderful storytelling, uh, it's nice artwork, and it's humor. Uh, I think I came across it, um, I was on YouTube, and I just saw some videos where the, like, people were, were making, like, joke videos or memes or something, uh, regarding Yor and Lloyd, two of the main characters, and, uh, you know, it was like a video that was making fun of like sexual tension between them even though in the series it you don't really see sexual tension at all it's just you know it's nice just uh wholesome it's a good show uh anyhow i i i saw this thing on on youtube and i'm like what is this it's an anime but uh, you know I, I thought it looked good and i was just curious about it and since i have a crunchyroll account i i found that it was on crunchyroll and and the dub uh has been coming out at the same time as the 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 actual you know the regular this uh japanese version so i've been watching it and i i've just i have fallen in love with this series i think it's wonderful it's cute it's fun it's it's just great um nothing nothing bad or, or nasty about it i think it's a good show and uh it made me think of this one story real quick the reason i picked this was back uh around halloween a uh, month ago uh, I, I was walking to class i was getting ready to teach and i noticed one of my students was dressed up as anya uh the little girl from this show for halloween and the the, the <laughs> costume was like spot on and I, I had this big smile. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. And I almost went over to start talking to the person. Then I realized, holy crap, I'm twice their age, and this just feels creepy. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to talk to them about, you know, what a great costume they had from this anime that I really enjoy. Uh, so, yes, I, I obviously the, the realized, most, yeah, The most you could away. have done is get in the <laughs> general vicinity and been like, nice costume, as you're walking briskly away. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but um, that that's actually what, what kind of sealed the deal for me. That's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick this show because I want my friends to see this because I think this is an anime they, they'd actually be into. I want my um, friends to yeah. have the awkward situation of approaching a young girl <laughs> uh, to compliment her on her costume. Which, by the way, uh, yeah, would yeah. not be a sexual costume whatsoever. No, it's not. Let, okay, so we I should probably point that out. 
So this this show, uh, yeah, I completely forgot. I went on this little tangent talking about you know why I like this show and and you know what made me pick it, but I forgot to introduce the show. Uh, this show uh, is basically uh, the plot revolves around this this one character. His name is Lloyd Forger. He's a a spy. He's like the world's greatest spy, uh, and we live in this world where there's basically two powers east versus west it's it's not like our world it's not on earth with with you know like the u.s and and you know all these other countries instead it's sort of a fictionalized version that fictional thank you (laughs) i can't believe there's there's a word for it yeah fictitious thank you that's what the professors (laughs) use you know They just use longer words than the rest of us, Corey. I'm going to use that word tomorrow and see if anyone catches it or if they question it. (laughs) And if not, then it's a real word and it's my word and we're using it. Um, So, yeah. uh, Basically, there's two superpowers. Lloyd works for one of them. He's a super spy, a master of disguise, and he's been given the mission to infiltrate the other side. uh, But to do so, he, he has to... Uh, come up with a family. He has to find a, a, a child, and he has to find a wife to put on this persona. It's all part of his act. So anyhow, uh, basically, there's two world powers. They're on the brink of war. You know, there's this this very uneasy peace, and Lloyd's mission is to uh, basically infiltrate the other side because there's a, a politician or some official who could basically spark a world war if he so chooses and Lloyd's mission is to infiltrate and, and basically stop that from happening and he has to basically put together a, a, a cover family to do so so um, this is episode two and at this point in episode one we're introduced we we learn about Lloyd his mission which is called Operation Strix um, which is simply to do what I just explained, uh, infiltrate the other side and deter this official from starting this war. Uh, In the first episode, he goes to an orphanage, and I'm just going to give this information. Keith, you didn't watch the first episode, did you? I did not. If I had enough time today, I was trying to, but then I got really wrapped up in the AI dungeon, and that kind of fucking ruined it for me. (laughs) Okay, uh, Corey, did you watch the first episode? Yep, I watched the first episode, and I think I watched the third. Okay, cool. All right, so then well, Corey not knows. To, not to spoil it, but I was completely ready to just watch the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to get too far ahead mm. and then start uh, like having everything bleed together. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then we didn't record for three weeks, so I haven't gone back to it, so I don't know if I'll end up uh, <laughs> finishing it ever. So that ah. kind of sucked. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, it missed yeah, the well, first sorry. episode, it seemed like what happened, or what I'm remembering happening, as far as like what he, the dirt he's trying to get on this other politician. Mm-hmm isn't what you explained. I thought it was something to do with, like, a toupee. Like, in that if he would lie about his hair, why could anybody trust him? It's just... Uh... Well, there's actually this overall plan where 
it's it's very kind of convoluted. He needs to get a daughter, so he adopts a little girl who's mm-hmm. going to infiltrate the school that the the politician's sons go to, particularly the younger son, who's the same age as the girl he adopted. And the whole plan is basically get the girl into this prestigious, you know, top-of-the-line school, which is hard to get into, get in, and then somehow befriend the little boy so the girl will then be going over to his house and then it'll basically give a reason for the 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 parents to interact with each other and then uh lloyd could do what he needs to do gather whatever for whatever information or uh whatever i I have no idea about the toupee i'm sorry i don't remember that at all (laughs) that was like the first thing that happened was he got a picture of the guy with a toupee and he's um the guy's like buying it back from him but he's actually dressed up as the guy hmm oh yeah um uh i think in the first episode it was a different politician that he was going after though oh uh, was... okay so he got yeah, that, he... Like, he got what he needed on that guy okay so that was just yeah. to introduce us to the character not the plot right and and to show you that he's a master of disguise and that he he's a spy and he's doing all this subterfuge and stuff mm. um okay. but yeah in the first first episode uh he gets his mission he adopts uh, a little girl i think she's six i i'm not 100 percent sure but i think to, she was supposed to be older but because of reasons which will well actually we won't get into because it happened in the last episode the right. girl is psychic yes she could read minds yep so he when doesn't he know this into, though he doesn't know this they don't know this yet i don't mm-hmm. know if they ever do um mm-hmm. she read his mind uh and he was thinking he needed i forgot what age he needed mm. but she basically lied and said she was older that's right. Yes. Yep. And then anytime, like I think when they were doing like the testing, I don't remember if that mm-hmm. happens in this episode or the first episode. First, she would read the answers from him. Yes, read his mind to get the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In fact, basically, that's... she. Yeah, that's how uh, we're told at the start of this episode. She has already passed the entrance exam because she cheated using her her psychic abilities, which, uh, you know, her adopted father, Lloyd, doesn't know about these abilities. He just, he actually thinks at some point that, oh, she must be pretty smart until later on when she bombs some of her tests and stuff. He realizes, no, she must just be lucky not knowing that she's psychic and occasionally Mm. cheats by listening to people's minds to get the answers. Um... But yeah, we we start this episode after she's already gotten uh, accepted, but then has to go for the interview process. And since this is such a prestigious, uh, you know, school where all the the future leaders of the world supposedly go to, uh, it's a real big deal. And when the school wants to interview the parents, like they have to do this after they get pass the exam they have to do a family interview and the school expects not just a parent you know just not just one parent but both parents you know mom and a dad or whatever mm-hmm. and uh in this case okay well he's adopted a daughter but he's still a single spy and we start the episode with him and frankie frankie is one of the other members of uh i think it's wise i think 
that's the acronym uh, for his organization, his secret organization. Uh, Frankie works for them as well, but he's not, he's technically not like a, a field agent like Lloyd is. Lloyd is a master of disguise. He's going out, he beats people up, he, he sneaks into places, he pretends to be other people. He's, he's like James Bond, basically. Uh, Frankie, on the other hand, is kind of like, I wouldn't call him Q, because he, supposedly he comes up with inventions, but you don't see him really that often, uh, or those inventions that often, so instead he's just sort of like a dorky co-worker that's helping Lloyd. Uh, in fact, yeah. we start the episode, uh, Frankie was invited over, Lloyd has him dressed up, and he's used his master of disguise skills the best he possibly can to try to make Frankie look like a, like a mother for Anya, uh, the yeah. little girl whose name is Anya, uh, and has failed miserably. It just looks like Frankie, you know, wearing a dress. Um, so, uh, at this point, we, uh, we cut to uh, Yor, who's the other main character. So, the main characters, you got uh, Lloyd, you have Anya, and then the third main character is Yor, uh, who we're introduced to in the second episode, and this is the uh, wife that the title Secure a Wife is referring to. Uh, we are introduced to Yor, who is a public servant working at uh, Town Hall, uh, and she's she's there and, and with other co-workers, and they're all gossiping and basically talking about how, how uh, women that are in their late 20s, mid to late 20s, if they're not married already and have you know, a family, there's something suspicious about that. And since, you know, there's two superpowers, it's basically there's like a cold war going on, so both sides are very suspicious of each other, including the civilians. So so, so both of, like, so far, and not like I'm, I am no expert on Japanese culture, but I know a couple <laughs> things, and, like, they've already hit two main points of, like, number one, like, the school and the school that you can get into and getting into the best school is, like, fucking paramount, mm -hmm. like, in Japanese culture, yeah. where it is very, very important that you get into a good school, even from a young age, uh, mm -hmm. because that basically, like, prevents your your career path from being just totally scuttled and you just failing. Uh, or at least that's the idea. Like, you know, they think that if you don't get into the best school ever, like, there's a lot of pressure on that. And then number two is that um, we actually, we were friends with the guy uh, a while back that went and taught English in Japan for a number of years. And he met a girl out there and they eventually got married. And I remember when he came back, he told us that um, if being a if you're a girl in japan and you don't get married or at least have like an engagement by a certain age and it's like late 20s um mm. it's like I 26 27 they have a word for that <laughs> and it basically translates it's weird though it basically translates he this is what he told me so take it as it is it translates to fruitcake uh, but in the sense of like what a Christmas fruitcake is, which is like a dessert that nobody wants. <laughs> because essentially, wow. essentially you are, 
it's like it's like oh you're too old now to get married and like be attractive and have kids so now wow. you're a fucking fruitcake like it's that is so like, good i don't know that's how like that's that. how he that's explained such... it that's how he explained that's, it so it's a terrible insult but at oh, the same time wow but what like, a great insult wait, what is that what is that um that holiday cake that no one ever wants it's a fruitcake yeah fruitcake it's the it's that's the cr- what it's called yeah yeah it is it is like a a very dense cake with dried fruits and nuts and but yeah. the problem is it's so dense that it's like not pleasant it's not it's like an old like an old old tradition like you know people invented these things when there was like wars and famine like it makes we me made think a, of overcooked pork chops if you make a cake out mm. of dried fruits Mm-hmm. It's because you didn't have anything fresh ever available. Because <laughs> otherwise, what's the point of making a cake? Like, mm. come on. So yeah. yeah. So she's a fruit uh, cake. That's what the, yes. that's what they're trying to tell her. Well, thank you, Keith. I, I'm glad you you uh, brought that that's, up. Cause... That's essentially all I know about Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so I just exhausted my entire knowledge and I've learned it from a single person, which it may all be entirely wrong. Just, you know, disclaimer well, there. Uh, with the series, it seems to fit. It seems very fitting because that's what it is in this, this universe, basically. Um, you know, these people find it very weird or out of place for women to not be engaged or married by the age of uh your i think yours 27 at this point yeah uh which for the rest of us would be like what what's the big deal but for this group of people it's a big deal it's weird and they they start saying that uh people accuse other women of being spies who are you know this age and not married because it's so weird um, yeah, just, which gets just, like, just like in real life, everybody that I know about the age of 27 <laughs> that's not engaged or married, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you fucking commie. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Tom. <laughs> wow. He uh, just he picked this episode because he's trying to normalize it. That's what it is. Yeah, don't don't jump. We're, don't we're, shame me, Keith. We're we're on to him, Corey. Don't don't let him slip. <laughs> well, if you paid attention though, Keith, yeah, immediately after we find this out, Yor starts having this inner monologue, and and we start learning sort of there's more that more than meets the eye here. Something going on. Uh, Yor has a secret, basically. Oh, totally, because uh, they all think she's a fucking space cadet, because she acts like a total fucking space cadet. Like, Oh, yeah, right. She's making tea at the time. She's making tea for her boss, and one of the, the co-workers says something like, oh, you should blow snot in it. And she just very calmly and seriously says something like, do you think it would make it taste better? And like yeah. the other girls are like, wait, what? You know, like, and... like earnestly, like earnestly yes. asking, like, should should I? Is that a thing? Right. <laughs> Apparently, which is weird though, because I feel like in anime, I feel like she's also like, I feel like she's supposed to be like not from the country, mm-hmm. but like there's no distinguishing differences between her character and the rest of them. I mean, I, like, there's another lady I, that's blonde. 
Right. I think she's she is from their homeland, but she's from a different region. So she does she does look a little different than some of the other people, but she's still from that side. Yeah, but like that uh, would be enough Lloyd's to be like, oh, you guys like boogers in your tea. Got it. Like, <laughs> it would be like, it would be totally different if you were from like a very vastly different culture. And mm. then somebody said something and you were just like, I'm not from here. Is the, Are they being serious? Like, because you don't get like the humor aspect. But right. like, I don't know. It was just like right. it plays into the whole thing of her just being like fucking like they're just like oh, okay you're spacey and weird and which which is a common theme she's she's a little oblivious to certain things whereas it's funny because well we'll see later on in the episode she kind of will switch between two mentalities where she'll be mm-hmm. oblivious to just very obvious or, or blatant lies like she just falls for like and anything then, socially right right socially exactly but then when it's a real serious threat her instincts kick in and well we'll talk about her her killer instincts and then she's very all soon. about that booger tea <laughs> pick it and flick yeah. it <laughs> yep <laughs> so like, uh, it, but... <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, I have a can that I can open and, and do that, but I don't know if you guys have your cans. You got to gotta wait until I'm ready. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Maybe by the end of the episode. <laughs> Trying not to chug through all my soda. I'll just I'll yeah. just grab multiple cans. I'll grip it and rip it for everyone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> waste them all. <laughs> so, so then, uh, at this point, you know, we, we cut to the next scene where uh, Yor is on the phone. She's uh, talking to her brother, Yuri, uh, her younger brother, who if I'm sure at some point you've picked up in the episode. Uh, Yuri is her younger brother who she raised uh, basically as, like, her own child. Uh, she's, she's a little older than him, so, like, she would be, a, you know, a teenager. He'd be, you know, a... a probably like a, a an eight-year-old when she was a teenager. Yeah. Um, her, their parents passed away, so she ended up having to take care of him full-time. He he was her responsibility. So uh, Yuri absolutely loves and adores Yor because of how, uh, what a sweet person and how she took care of him growing up. He has no idea that, uh, well, we'll just talk about the secret now. So after he, he's talking with her for a little while and you discover that he wants to try to set her up with a guy because he's thinking about getting a promotion and if he gets promoted he won't be available to be around so much and he he worries about his sister so he wants to hook her up with somebody he wants to find her a, a good guy who can <laughs> I'm look kinda, out for i'm kind of confused about this to be honest because the thing is that what why does he need to be around if he gets promoted uh, they might move him to a different outpost or a different location because he he works for the government. He's a yeah, government but I official. I don't feel like they explain like what is what does she need him for? He I feel okay. Like he it, just it, wants to feel like he's necessary in her life. Like she raised him, and now he's got a good job, and now he's sitting here just like, oh yeah, but I don't want to take this promotion because then I'm I'm never gonna see you. And it's like, okay. She's she's a fully fully grown adult. She's not a child. Uh, <laughs> Yo, come on! If you're gonna, I, I expected you to actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
No, I just, I just don't. Like, this, is, this is the thing: is that I don't know if this is like one of those, like another cultural thing, where it's like, it's oh, it's a woman; she doesn't have a father, so like she needs a male figure to be present at all times. I like, I no. feel like it's like they're leaning towards that. What it is is his. He's one of these little brothers who absolutely adores and loves his older sister and thinks nothing wrong of her. Like, she is... So he, he wants he puts some her on strange a guy to be fucking her to make him feel comfortable, is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, that's on, like, it's like, oh, I can only take this... If I take this promotion, I'm never going to see <laughs> you, you again. So... If 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 I take this promotion, I'm never going to see you again. So I need to find somebody to fuck you on a regular basis. It's like, wait, Keith. Wh- hold, Keith. hold on, hold on. All right. so wait, what Keith? role? I need you to be getting regular strange. Mm. Hold but, on, Keith. But the thing is, what? So what gap in her life is her brother leaving? Because this is some Alabama shit, not some Japanese shit. Right. Here so, we go, Keith. <laughs> well, here we go, Keith. Keith, you're a younger brother, are you not? <laughs> Where are we going? Okay. Yeah, I am. I am. Don't you feel comforted knowing your older sister's (laughs) getting boned by some guy? No. Nope. (laughs) Who provided you nephews? Nope. So you should be especially grateful, Um, and you should understand this entirely. (laughs) I don't want to think about any of that, to be honest. Um, Too bad. You're gonna have to. Uh, oh. So anyhow, um, Tom said that just to shut me up for thirty seconds <laughs> until I figure out until I figure out something to say back. Yep. So anyhow, uh, Yori and and Yor are talking to each other, and and uh, Yor decides to tell Yori, "Oh, don't worry, uh, I already have a boyfriend, or I have a date," and explains that. The office workers are throwing a party, which they were. We didn't mention that earlier, but there's a party coming up, and they invited her, and um, she tells Yori, her brother, that she's going to bring her boyfriend or her date there. And and uh, without realizing, Yori is actually friends with the boyfriend of the woman, the office worker woman, who's throwing the party. So Yuri's actually connected with uh, Yor's co-workers so he knows or he'll he'll be able to find out what's going on and and he'll learn about the guy and he lets her know that so you're (laughs) so yeah you're is immediately worried about this because she realized she just painted herself in a corner she told a lie that she can't get out of and she's kind of screwed so they get off the phone and the phone immediately rings She's going to be, she picks up and she's basically trying to tell Yori, oh, I was just kidding, it was a mistake. But that's when we start to learn about your secret. Because the person who calls is not her brother, it's actually her handler, or what did, what does she refer to it as? Uh, shopkeeper. Uh, shopkeeper, yes, thank you. Um, shopkeeper. Uh, so it turns out Yor is one of the world's greatest assassins, and her whole bureaucrat job where she goes to work with the other office ladies and she gets tea ready for you know her boss that's just sort of her cover uh in reality she's been an assassin for years and that's how she's supported her and her brother that's where she gets her money from she uh takes murder jobs where 
<laughs> she kills, you know, important people in case, in this <laughs> is, in this point. I just wonder if you ever go to an job. employer, like if you're getting interviewed and they're just like, So what kind of job are you looking for? And you're like One of those murder jobs. One of those murder Yeah. <laughs> So, like a job that sometimes, not all the time, like I don't need murder all the time, just like some murder, just a little bit of murder, mm. you know. <laughs> a moderate up. amount of murder. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyhow, the handler basically tells her, oh, you got a new job, and lets her know where it is, and we cut to the next scene, you hear the elevator bing as she gets out, and you see her, uh, she's in some fancy hotel, and there's some security guards right outside this, uh, I think he's some vice minister uh, working for the government, and she arrives, and you know, his bodyguards are basically, you know, who ordered this chick? And they're they're downplaying, they're basically insinuating she's, you know, a lady of the evening, she's a, a, you know, a, 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 a <laughs> whoa, prostitute. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. It's a lady of the night, number one. <laughs> a lady of the evening makes it sound like she's just going to, like, give you an over-the-pants rub. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> a good old over-the-pants rub. I'm sorry, but you're trying to, you're trying to insinuate that she's You'll a prostitute, which would be a, a lady of the night, but it's like, oh, <laughs> she's a lady of the evening. You might as well be like, well... I don't know. She comes over the afternoon, and looks at my crotch. <laughs> Wait, what was that, what was that uh, Urban Dictionary thing you said earlier, Keith? Oh God, should we oh. Urban Dictionary a lady of the evening? No, what was that one where the they had to describe to us? Uh, I don't remember. It's perfect for this. It's like the uh, the Russian something. <clears throat> oh no, the Dutch rudder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there it is. Oh, God. Uh, I typed in Lady he, of the Evening, and it actually filled oh, Keith, it. Oh, Keith. Keith. It auto Apparently, Lady of the Evening it does mean a prostitute. So I'm sorry, yeah. Tom. Yeah. I know. Well, you Keith were giving is, me uh, shit. Like, I don't know my prostitutes, Keith. Okay. So hold <laughs> He's on. He's got 15 in his I'm truck. kidding, obviously. All right. Now, so we're doing Lady of the Evening versus Lady of Allegedly. the Allegedly. <laughs> Right, because um, that's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to continue, but I'm just having a little trouble. <laughs> well, because the problem is, is that night and evening, in my mind, are two different things. So a lady of the evening and a lady of the night should be two different things, but apparently they're fucking not, and it's really bothering They're not, me. Keith. Though, so are you bothered because I, now your Wi-Fi and your search history <laughs> makes it look like you're looking for prostitutes? Yeah, I didn't think about that one. I mean, to be honest, to be honest though, if Tom was over my house, he would be blowing that shit up too on my Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> I mean, really, when it it's comes the only down time to I it, do. Eventually, when the yeah. FBI or the you know uh, NSA or whatever comes knocking on my door. For any of my Google search terms, I'm going to write down Tom's address on a piece of paper, hand it to them, and shut the door and just hope they go away. <laughs> you're a bad friend, Keith. Uh, Tom, you're the one that has blown up my Wi-Fi with terrible, terrible things. I know. But that's expected from me. You, on the other hand, you got to be better. <laughs> 
God, it's so, such a high standard. Exactly. So, uh, where were we? Uh, at this point, um, we basically get to see all your skills as she proceeds to brutally murder, uh, you know, all the security guards, and then she busts into the hotel room where she very politely, you know, asks the minister if she could take his life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, that was actually pretty badass, because it was one of those things right? where it was just like, she she's coming in, and it was like, there's no question. There's no mm-hmm. question about what's going to happen right now. Like, this is happening, <laughs> and like... I don't know. Based on her earlier social engagement, like, uh, snafus, <laughs> like, she should not be saying a line that cool, but she did. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, Yor almost has, like, a... I don't want to say she has split personalities, but she has very different sides. She has that very mm. innocent, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, anxious kind of side that we, we were first introduced to. And then we have the badass assassin side where when you see how how capable she is of kicking ass, it's just like, Yor is awesome. So, um, anyhow, yeah. So Yor ends up proceeding to murder everybody. Uh, and in the process, she messes up her dress. She gets blood on her best dress, or really her, not her only dress, but it's really her only fancy dress that she'd wear out to parties and stuff. And she immediately realizes, oh no, I just messed up my dress. How am I going to go to this party, my co-worker's party, after I just got the vice minister's blood all over me? Um, <laughs> so, at this point, we uh, she's... She's also wondering, not only how am I going to go to this party, but will I ever be a homemaker? Like, she starts thinking about, will I ever, you know, will anyone ever marry me? Will I ever have crisis. a family? Exactly. You know, it's it's like when, I, when I'm when i taking my assassination jobs, you know, I often think about when I will be able to start a family. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> when he'll finally get to be a mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. You just so, keep, Tom, Tom. You just you just keep letting those guys, you know, inseminate whoa. you, and and eventually you'll become mom, <laughs> right? Jesus! Hey, just wow! Run it up in you. Listen, yeah, just wow. <laughs> listen, Tom. If you want to get pregnant, I don't have to explain how. No pulling out. Yeah, can, there's no pulling can you out. Explain how, Keith? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I have two children. He's done it at least twice. Uh, but I would say that I was not the one that that, that birthed them, so... <laughs> uh, we'll have to have your wife on the podcast. Get rid of you. Yeah. She'll explain things for us. She'll be like, well, first off, marry, an, birds and the bees marry an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Anyhow, um, at this point, let's see, she messes up the dress, uh, she wonders, will she ever be married, be able to have a family? Uh, we cut back to Lloyd, Frankie, and Anya. Um, at this point, we're back in their, their apartment, and Anya's starting to worry, because she can read people's minds, and she's listening to, to Lloyd and Frankie, and she's starting to worry that this is all her fault, basically, that, you know, that she won't get a mama because no one wants her as a mama, and she starts to feel a little bad, and she mentions this to to Lloyd. And Lloyd just basically tells her, 
it's not your fault. Don't worry. Go watch TV. And uh, at this point, did you guys notice Honestly, what show she was watching? Sol- no, but that's solid parenting advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lloyd's weeks, a good, so good dad. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, kid. Technology. Go. Yeah. Well, she goes to watch her favorite TV show, and Anya's favorite TV show is Bond Man, uh, which it sounds, you know, Bond Man. The main character yeah. is basically a James, James Bond. Bond spy who's named Bond Man, and it's it's cute, but she she loves spies, and I think at some point in the episode, the narrator basically explains that this girl is bored and has a very sort of overactive imagination or, or just needs to be entertained, mm-hmm. uh, which is why she, she loves being with Lloyd, and, because Lloyd is a spy, just like her hero, Bond Man, uh, yeah. the cartoon she watches on TV. So, uh, anyhow... Uh, Anya thought it was her fault. Lloyd says, nah, go watch TV. And uh, at this point, Frankie and Lloyd are talking about how, you know, she doesn't really look the part of this rich, aristocratic girl who's going to this prestigious school. We better go take her to get some new clothes. So we go to the tailor at this point. Um, Anya is... (laughs) This cracked me up, by the way. So they get to the tailor. We cut to the tailor. Uh, the the seamstress seamstress or I, I'm not quite sure what you would call yeah. the, the woman who's that taking the measurements. Right. She just she starts talking to Anya and says, "Oh, we gotta go take you for measurements." Blah blah. blah. And she grabs Anya by the wrist and starts dragging her in the back. And Anya says, um, "I'm being sold to traffickers." <laughs> and Lloyd very nonchalantly says, "You won't if you behave." As she's being dragged to the back. That cracked me up also, and that just made me... Uh, very solid parenting. Um, exactly. <laughs> that I, I love that because that just cracked me up. I was like, that is such Blue a good dad. Of, uh, response right there. <laughs> I'm honestly, yeah. like, sometimes I give I give my kids a response or I'm just like... <laughs> like, they'll say something dramatic and they'll just be like, yeah, well, you get what you get. <laughs> like... Because like I know they're not, I know they're not actually in any danger, so it's like eh, you know, yeah. But it's the same energy. I know, I know what you're talking about. That cracks me up. I love that scene, and it just made me. (laughs) I I really, I smiled and really laughed at that. Um, So uh, at this point, let's see. uh, Yor enters the uh, shop because Yor's bringing her dress there to get mended uh, after damaging it from her assassination and during this time like we get the inner monologue of lloyd and then we switch to the inner inner monologue of your and occasionally we'll get the inner monologue of uh anya anya is the only character though she can read minds so she knows the whole situation and what's going on and basically um you got lloyd checking out uh, you're thinking, oh, I must have missed her. She's very attractive. She, she's single, and he, he's basically going through his head because he, he's stolen a lot of uh, personnel well, files from women around here. So he's been. But chi- I also I feel like there's there's like a weird thing where like she entered the store, and he didn't notice that she entered. Like she entered. I feel like they were trying to allude to the fact that she was a, an assassin. So she like effortlessly like came into the store and he didn't notice yes. until yeah. she was already there and he was like, 
whoa, what the fuck? Like, how did right. she, the, how did she do that? Yeah, that throws him off guard, and he even uh, gets kind of almost nervous because she calls him out. Like, she notices that he's checking her out. He's not checking her out like a normal guy checking out a, a good-looking girl walking in. He's checking her out from the standpoint of being a spy and needing to find a wife for his mission. And she he's just, she her. calls, yes, he's analyzing her, and she calls him out on it. And he simply says, oh, I'm sorry, I, it's just you're so pretty. Which completely <laughs> catches her off guard, because, you know, she's used to, she's in her own world, basically. So she's not used to people or how normal people interact with each other. And it just takes her, uh, it kind of throws her off guard. Well, she calls him out on it, though. <laughs> In, like, the weirdest way. She says some shit like, uh, oh, do you actually find my physical form pleasing to you? Or some, some, some <laughs> yes. like, weird shit like that. And it's just like, yes. oh. Okay, there's <laughs> there's the space cadet that we all knew and loved. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at this point, Anya comes out of the back after being measured. Uh, Yor is panicking because, uh, you know, Anya comes out and calling for her papa Yor immediately thinks, oh, this is a married man who's been kind of hitting on me. And she starts to feel terrible, like, oh my god, I almost asked a married man out to be my date for this party. And and so she's she's freaking out, and Anya is able to read her mind, and she's no, hearing wait. all of this. She spirals, though. Like, she does a weird fucking spiral with that, where she... Oh, yeah. She, she yeah. goes, I almost asked a married man out. Lots of wives have murdered people who yes, come on jealous wives like and i'm sorry i'm sure that happens i don't know how prevalent that fucking is but she was just like oh man somebody's gonna try to murder me if i talk to this man any longer <laughs> like <laughs> this is like imminent fucking danger mm -hmm. this is this is and this is um just based on my earlier stuff, knowing about Japanese culture, this is a little bit of a blind spot for me. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> Japanese women are definitely very crazy and will murder you if you talk to their husbands. No? <laughs> is that not? Oh, I God, mean, the other is all our Japanese women listening. <laughs> the other, the other things are so on point. You know, I just have to assume. That, uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe she's just an assassin. So she thinks that <laughs> the first place that anybody would go is to just murder because that's, if everything, if all you have is a hammer, everybody <laughs> looks like they should be nailed. Checks out. <laughs> sure. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, going back to the what was happening, uh, Yor is panicking, thinking about, oh no, this jealous wife might murder me, but that's no worry, I can murder her, it's no problem. <laughs> and uh, Anya is listening to this the whole time, and uh, I, I love this because Anya's listening, and normally a person would be freaked out by such a, a revelation. Instead, Anya a finds child. this fascinating. A child, a six-year-old child, finds this absolutely fascinating and is so enthralled by it. And that's when we cut to the narrator, who says, The girl was starved for entertainment. 
I mean, I get it though. Like, if you were, if you were a child that could read every adult's mind all the time, <laughs> the beginning of that would have been probably very daunting. But by the time you're like, I don't know, six or eight years old or whatever she is, like at that point, when you have the onslaught of adult thought patterns mm-hmm. all the time, you're probably just looking for something to be like wildly different. And what's mm. more wildly different than having a spy father and meeting an assassin? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, uh, basically, Yor is thinking, oh, I would love to ask Lloyd out, but I don't know. And Lloyd is like, oh, Yor actually fits the 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 description of what i'm looking for for you know my spot my wife the for my cover so like the two of them are thinking this is perfect (laughs) yeah uh so they both think it's perfect but at the same time they're like oh no i don't know this won't work so anya who is reading their minds takes it upon herself to do a little bad acting where she goes on and on about how she'll, you know, oh, woe is me, how I wish I had a mommy, I'll never have a mommy, and goes on and on. And it basically sparks a conversation between Lloyd and Yor about how Lloyd's a single father. The, he, he tells the story, makes up the lie that the mother passed away a little while ago, yada, 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 single mother. And uh, Yor is then at ease and goes, oh, so he's single, he's available. And then she proposes this uh, sort of uh, deal where she explains that she needs someone to pretend to be her boyfriend so she doesn't look like a fool to her friends or her brother. And Lloyd says, you know what? I agree. I'll do that for you. But I need someone to pretend to be Anya's mother for this um, interview at the school. So they end up working out this arrangement, and they both agree upon it at the uh, tailor. I'd like Which... to say that they've agreed to be each other's fruitcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it fits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we cut to the next scene. Uh, at this point, Lloyd and, and Anya are food shopping, and... Uh, we learn a little about Anya. Anya loves peanuts. That's why she asked for uh, if she could get a bag from Lloyd while they're at the grocery store. But when they're checking out, the guy the work in the cash register is doing this thing. He's saying the words ribbit after he's talking. And it, it, it seems so weird and out of place till immediately after Lloyd leaves the store, he starts talking about Oh, it must be a, a, you know, a T cipher or an F cipher, referring to either a frog cipher or a toad cipher. Uh, one of the coins he got as his change had a, a secret message in it, and it turns out the cashier was one of the members of Wise, his, his uh, spy network, and they were sending him a message, a coded message, which he opens up the coin, gets it out, and later discovers that there's some... Uh, basically art ring, uh, art thieve ring that's going on and, and his organization wants him to break up this uh, basically art theft ring going on at the docks, but it's the same day and time as this party that he agreed to attend with Yor as his or as her uh, make-believe boyfriend. So, um, yeah, uh, at this point, 
we cut to Frankie and uh, was it Lloyd and Frankie decide to go take this mission on. Frankie is not a field agent at all, which you guys have probably figured out by, you know, Frankie's kind of a goofy looking character compared to Lloyd. Yeah. He's not a master of disguise. He's not a super trained spy. Um, and he does not want to go out on actual field missions, but he does because Lloyd promised him some of the loot. He's like, well, we got to break up this art ring and, and stuff. Uh, if we do, you know, let's just say some of that art or jewelry goes missing in the process. You get to pick your, you get the first dibs, basically, he says. So, uh, that's why Frankie joins him. They go to the warehouse, and it turns out there's a lot more bad guys than they expected. And they're getting shot at. Uh, it, Wait, it just turns to pure chaos, do right? Do you remember when he counts the bad guys? Yes, I like that. <laughs> so he goes, two, four, six. There's 38 of them. 38. <laughs> and he's just like, Wait. What? <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Unless he was only counting, you already counted the first 32 and he was just counting the last six afterwards and then adding it. <laughs> it was just one of those things where like, I watched the episode twice and the second time I paid extra close attention to be like, did I fucking miss something? No. <laughs> he goes, two, four, six, 38. And I'm like, okay. That's, that's it's how part of the joke, it. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah um so basically they're getting shot at they they manage to escape and they escape with the van with all the artwork and all the jewelry everything in it and uh you know they're they're fleeing the scene of the crime basically uh they're being shot at and uh they're discussing who gets what and as Frankie's looking at the loot, Lloyd reaches over and takes first pick, even though he promised it to Frankie. And he takes the diamond ring because he wants to use that as an engagement ring. Frankie gets pissed and they start arguing and they're kind of like, you know, bickering and kind of grabbing at each other while driving. They manage to get into a car accident. They crash into something. Uh, cut to your... Right? Uh, what was your doing? You guys remember what she was doing at this point. She was waiting, basically waiting for Lloyd, who wasn't showing up and was late, and eventually she just thinks something bad must have happened, so he's not showing up, so she goes to the party, right? Yeah. She, yeah. she was like, I hope, no, I think actually her comment was like, she was already waiting before that scene. She was like, I hope no th I hope he didn't get into some tragic accident. And then it cuts <laughs> to the scene of him like counting the guys, getting shot yeah. at, like almost getting killed a bunch of times. And then when it comes back to her, she's like, Well, I guess I'm just gonna go to this party. Like Right. I mean, we should emphasize that there there is a lot of comedic timing and a lot of uh the scenes and, and yes. dialogue with this episode. So this this is a comedy slash action slash uh anime. I'll just say that. Comedy action anime. Um no so tentacles, it, it works though. out. Not a no tentacles. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. It's not a hentai. We're not it's the anime. Or should I say yet? I don't know. I've only seen one episode, so who knows? Okay, well, if if we we think about the thing I saw on YouTube that got me attracted to the series, Whoa. What? well, technical no. attraction, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, 
But um, so yeah. Uh, at this point, Lloyd is uh, is late meeting Yor. So Yor decides to just you know go to the apartment, go to the party, uh, and she's alone and embarrassed. And um, basically, she's invited in, and she sits down, and she can hear the dialogue going on amongst her coworkers and their family. And um, you know, she starts feeling bad about how. They all have normal lives, and they they have family, and they're they're having fun, and how she's got nothing, and she starts to hear some of her fellow coworkers basically talking shit about her, about you know how you know sad it is, and how she pretended to have a boyfriend. It's pathetic, and how weird, and it's really it's sad and mean. I felt bad for Yor, and, and right when she's ready to leave, because she's absolutely embarrassed, and she's just sort of completely broken, all of a sudden you see Lloyd coming barging through the door, and he's all beat up. He's bloodied, he's all scratched up, but he's wearing his normal, you know, uh, his normal suit, and he looks good and everything, other than the fact that he's bleeding from his forehead, and all beat up, and, uh, busts on in and introduces himself as Yor's husband, because after all the commotion, he was in such a rush, he wasn't thinking. He got their, uh, basically, their their roles mixed up, and he said she was the wife when he meant to say that was the, mm. the girlfriend. Yep. Which immediately makes everyone at the party like, what the hell? Because they were all in the, under the impression she's a weird single lady, and... Like, what's going on here? <laughs> not only so. is she not single, she's buried. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and Which is really jarring for a number of the people at the party, because it's like, you never mentioned you're married. In fact, you alluded you were single and you wanted to get married, but you were just, you know, things didn't work out. So it was very weird for them. Um, to which one of the jealous co-workers gets really upset by this. Uh, she's kind of a... I'm going to say it. She's kind of a bitch. Um, you hear her in her monologue. She's talking crap about her. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And she just starts questioning the situation. And Lloyd just starts giving perfectly good excuses to back everything up and protect Yor, which was kind of sweet, I thought. Right, guys? Yeah. I mean, he was pretty smooth about it. Yeah. Um, so he uh, basically introduces himself as the, the husband and then explains that the blood is because he's a uh, psychologist. Or, no, he's a psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist and some of his patients, you know, kind of had violent outbreaks and he had to deal with it. So he got his ass kicked and that's why he's bleeding. Um, you know, the office co-worker, who was jealous, decides to pull out the piping hot... Uh, uh, Groughton, uh, am I saying that right, Keith? Uh, I I feel like they called it a Groughton, like as in like potatoes a Groughton, like yeah, like it was like a some sort of casserole dish. I feel like they're trying mm -hmm. to just say, but yeah, so she went she went full on like I'm going to burn somebody and send them to the yeah. hospital. <laughs> I'm gonna maim somebody with this. Yeah, yeah. 
bit psychotic, that girl. She she decides to pretend to trip, and she whips this tray um, of piping hot which, potatoes and cheese right at your. Which, like, okay, I watched the dubbed because I knew that Tom was watching the dubbed, and Corey, I don't know if you probably watched the dubbed. Uh, yeah, I think I did. She literally, like, was holding this tray, walked, and then threw it. And then upon throwing it was like, oh, whoops, I must have tripped on something. Like, literally said a whole fucking sentence. <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it was just like, how does everybody in that room not know that you're just a terrible fucking person right now? Like, it was it was just, they made it so blatant. It was one of those things that was, it was funny, but it was one of those things that's like, guys, like, is every character just going to ignore that at this point? Well, I think they were stunned because your response by, you know, using her assassin reflexes to very easily catch the tray with her foot. Like she she kicks in the air to catch the tray I mean, was and that, balances it perfectly but, on her foot. But was that her assassin skill set or was that her, you know, <laughs> hacky sack uh, skills back from middle school? I mean, to me... Yeah, you know, assassins are good at kicking, but are they good at kicking and balancing things on their feet? Or are they just good at, Keith, good at kicking to murder? Like Her parents died at a when she was young. She had to raise her younger brother. She had no time for hacky sacking. I don't know where you're getting this hacky sacking well, idea from. Hey, These maybe, are purely assassin reflexes. Maybe she was a professional hacky sacker. <laughs> And then her parents died, so she used her hacky sacking skills Ooh. to turn deadly. All right, all right. I don't know if that's true or false, so well, I'll give you the benefit of the I doubt. I mean, now it's canon, so <laughs> <laughs> we should really inform the producers of this show. But yep. <laughs> all right, I'll update the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So uh, at this point. You know, she catches this piping hot plate or, or, or tray of uh, potato. I assume it's potatoes and cheese that just came out of the oven. Uh, a little bit of it splashes and lands on that coworker's nose, the one that threw it. And she gets really pissed and wipes her nose off and it's burning. And that's when uh, she hears Lloyd complimenting Yor uh, on her, uh, you know, not wanting to ever waste food, but she doesn't. He says, "I don't think it's good manners to use your feet." Something along the, those lines, which was kind he of funny. He had to throw one nag in there, just one, right? One singular <laughs> nag. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then the jealous coworker starts implying that Yor was a, a massage girl. When she's like, oh, didn't you know that you're used to inviting strange men up to a hotel room to give them massages? And we cut to your, and we hear her inner monologue where she explains, I wasn't giving massages. That was just code for when I had to go kill a person. It's like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> she's like, I wasn't jerking their dicks off. I was murdering them. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like mm. you couldn't say that out loud. but Right. <laughs> Imagine if she did, though. I mean, <laughs> that would be... 
<laughs> so the thing is, before Lloyd showed up, she actually did contemplate murdering every single person at that party. Yes. In, in order to not have to talk to her brother about showing up to the party without a boyfriend. Yes. So, to my earlier comment, when all you have is a hammer, <laughs> it's like, she's got one fucking skill. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh... Anyhow, so yeah, the massage worker implies, I'm sorry, not massage worker, the, the co-worker uh, implies that Yor gave massages to certain men uh, back in the day, and Lloyd, out of nowhere, Lloyd just says out loud, I think it's great. And I remember when I first heard him say that, I laughed so hard. But then he explained it, and I went, oh, wow, now I feel bad for laughing. Because he basically explains, listen, your parents died at a very young age. She had to do everything and anything just to support her brother and raise him. And she, he basically says she's such a good person that she was willing to do terrible things just to ensure her brother had food on the table. But what's, so, what's interesting, though, is as he's explaining this, they're cutting to, like, scenes of, like, him doing mm. his job, like, getting shot at in, like, very dangerous situations. So I feel like he's not, he's defending her, but I feel like it's them trying to show that, like, he's actually also talking about himself, where he's like... Yes, exactly. Because he's, he, he's, like, looking at the situation of just, like, you know what, he, he's defending her in that situation, but he's, like, still, like, the reason why it's so believable and why it's heartfelt mm. is because he's, like, trying to reinforce of, like, how hard he's working to, like... He's defending himself. Because, yeah. in a way, he sees himself in your because, yes, he is a spy. He gives everything to protect his country. And, Keith, if you had watched the first episode, you would learn he was an orphan, he had nothing... He, he joined the government, became a spy. The, basically, his country and, and, and the spies are his family and what he cares most about. And he's willing to do anything to protect peace and, and you know, basically protect his, his spy family. So he sees a lot of your like, he sees a lot of similarities between him and your, mm -hmm. which is... You know, it's kind of nice because it's you know it's one of those like I said the anime it's it's cute yes there's humor and action going on but there's there's just that element of um, I don't know what would what would you guys call it that element of something just nice you know eh, like what you say Keith? personal connection personal connection Corey what did you say heart heart yes exactly yes heart yes personal connection heart so. Um, we basically see that Yor and Lloyd are very similar people, kind of, uh, in that regards. Yes, they're different jobs, but similar personalities. Um, I think at this point, uh, Lloyd basically says, you know, let's, let's head out of here. You know, let's, let's get out of here, you know, we'll call it a night. Now that he's and, been there uh, for a whole minute. I know, right? <laughs> he came in basically like... They, gave, they asked him two questions, he monologued, and then left. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, they head out, and uh, they're driving in Lloyd's van, the same van that he took on that mission to go rob the art thieves of the, the, the art that they stole. And in the process, uh, Yor is basically explaining that, you know, 
given the situation and everything going on, maybe it might be beneficial if the two of them, and she gets cut off right before she implies that they should, you know, continue the fake marriage and stay together. She gets cut off as one of the art thieves' cars smashes into the side of their van as they're driving. And we learn that basically uh, from Lloyd that he is basically getting rusty and he, he forgot to check for trackers and there must be a tracker in one of the boxes of stolen art and that's how they found him, right? Yep. yep pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, at this point, uh, we're towards the end of the episode. I think the credits actually start rolling. I, and this is the only rep episode I could remember where the credits start rolling five minutes before the episode ends. Yeah, All the other rolling ones on the bottom <laughs> of the screen. And it, yeah. I, I got really confused by that. Cause I was like, it's, it's obviously in another language. And I'm just hmm. like, should I, I actually, I turned captions on. I was like, do I need to know? <laughs> like, is there something important happening? And then like nothing came up and I was like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at this point, Lloyd basically explains that his patients, because he's a psychiatrist, according to him, uh, his mm -hmm. patients are having some sort of break, and, you know, he, he's just having to deal with their violent tendencies, and Yor completely believes him. And uh, that's sort of the, the comedy of the show, is the three main characters have very secret lives that they lead and none of them know anything about it. Lloyd doesn't know that yours a spy. Uh, I'm sorry. You, Lloyd doesn't know that yours is one of the world's greatest assassins. Yor doesn't know Lloyd's one of the world's greatest spies and neither of those two know that Anya happens to be psychic. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what the point is, is there that... is that they're they're all so like number 1 so focused on what they're doing and number 2 so yeah. so convinced that mm. nobody else is like them that like True. when somebody else says something ridiculous they're just like oh yeah well you're a normal person so whatever like it <laughs> i think i think there's also an element of they all have to or at least lloyd and uh i forgot the wife's name your anya your your um, anya's the daughter okay uh they're so <laughs> used to having to tell a lie Mm -hmm. And hope that it gets accepted. That when someone says something to them, they just accept it. If yeah. they're somebody that they have no reason to really question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're just trying to. Well, and that's the thing though is that like she like the two of them want this to work because they are each other's cover. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. that blind spot of like they're willing to literally like not ask questions about stuff that they probably should because if they <laughs> if they did it would blow up like the other plan that they had so right it like subconsciously they don't want to blow that up so they don't ask any questions about it yeah which which is uh it kind of so where we left off they're they're uh they were driving and then one thing i didn't get they're driving and all of a sudden we cut to them running in an alley so they're really for me, I don't remember the transition other than they were in the car and then the next scene they're in the alley. So I was like, what the hell happened? But uh, basically, Yor and Lloyd are running from these guys. And in the process, Lloyd is sort of beating up these guys. And 
he uh, explains that's part of the re- part of the concussive recovery method. Yeah, well, she's a psychologist. Because she, she, she she's like, should you be hitting your clients? Yeah. And he's like, it's, a, it's the con- he's like, it's a new experimental concussive recovery method. Yeah, and at one point he runs over and he's like pulling a, a pipe off like the side of a building. He breaks a pipe off to use as a weapon to just beat the shit out of these guys. Yeah. You know, he's a psychologist. He's helping them. Honestly, he's a psychiatrist. He's helping. The first time through, when when he said that, when he said the concussive <laughs> recovery method, I laughed way too loud yeah and i was too. and i was watching it by myself with the earbuds in on my phone and it, so you seem like a crazy person oh yeah i i literally <laughs> i let out a cackle because i was just like oh this is why tom likes this show because <laughs> like, yep. this is because that that is some sort of bullshit answer that tom would give just being like totally i'm a doctor so if i just come up with a reason for something then it's fucking fact <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly, it, it just to me, it really rang true to Tom's, uh, Tom's uh, humor humor profile, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that. It was just like <laughs> I know that like that tickled Tom. Like yes, it did. Yeah, in all the right places. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with <laughs> Dick. So. Uh... We we uh, at this point he he mentions the concussive recovery method, and while they're running, all of a sudden Yor starts saying, "Hey, you know, given the situation, everything going on, and blah blah blah." She basically proposes to him on the spot while they're running away from the bad guys, uh, explaining, you know, it'll have mutual benefits for both of us. We need we need each other, and. He just completely, like, it's funny because he's running and he just, like, stops dead in his tracks. Because he's like, holy crap! Because... This is exactly what I needed. <laughs> he hit the jackpot, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, she proposes to him. Uh, Lloyd, and, and she's, you know, anxious and, Wait, and looking was, away. I think that was already after he almost got murked and she saved him. Yes. Around. Yes, basically, he was, he's beating up all these guys, and then all of a sudden, one guy's dropping from above, and he realizes, you know, I covered everything except this one guy. This guy's going to land on me with a knife, and I'm dead. And that's when Yor, right at the last second, Yor freaking kicks the guy and sends him flying down the alleyway. And we learn not only is Yor... The world, one of the world's greatest assassins. She has like almost superhuman strength. She is super powerful. Yeah, and, but she blames you know, it on learning self-defense from her younger brother. From her younger brother Yuri, <laughs> yes, yeah. which is why you could kick somebody <laughs> fifty feet away. Like you just yep. like punt punt somebody through the fucking field goal. And and while Yor is feeling you know very self-conscious at the fact that she just did that, all of a sudden you have Lloyd complimenting her he is so impressed he's like did you see how far you kicked him that was great you know he's just (laughs) you know really lifting her up and she that's you know and she you see her start to blush and that's when she proposes to him and he's just kind of thrown off guard because he was going to propose like his whole plan was to find uh, you know a, a woman that he could propose to all of a sudden the perfect woman just proposed to him and, and he's neither, seen... neither one of them see this as red flags which is right. fantastic. <laughs> like, neither one of them are just like wait a fucking second 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Instead, they're just like, how lucky are we? <laughs> yep. And then, you know, Lloyd's response to being asked if they should get married is, let's head to town hall right this second. We'll go make it official. No point in waiting. And uh, he reaches into his pocket to look for that diamond ring he originally took from the art thieves, only to realize he had a tear in his pocket and he lost the ring. And it's like, oh, shit. But then we get, like, the best scene ever when Lloyd notices a nearby grenade near the body of one of the guys who was attacking him. He picks up the grenade, pulls the pin, and then you have this beautiful music well, playing in the background well, as because, he pulls... Well, because two guys, like, you're missing the part where, like, two the last two guys found them and started mm-hmm. shooting at them. Right. So then he Start gets shooting them up. Right, they start shooting real, you know, shooting up a storm. So Yor and and Lloyd jump behind like a dumpster or whatever to avoid the bullet fire. He he realizes he doesn't have, he doesn't have the ring. He sees a grenade laying on the ground near one of the bodies of the other guys. Grabs the grenade, rips the pin out, which is a ring, and he starts he starts basically reciting re- wedding vows to Yor as he places the ring on her her ring finger and whips the grenade you know over the the dumpster and you just see it and hear it in the background as it explodes and takes out the guys as he's basically marrying her uh with the grenade ring as his wedding ring and it's it's adorable (laughs) yeah they do like this weird thing with the vows where like they're in their head at the end he's like yes and and he goes He's like, until my mission. And she's like, until my killing. Do yep. we part? And it's like, well, hold on. Because the mission has like a finality to it. Because like, mm-hmm. based on the definition of a mission, like it'll be over. <laughs> the killing may never be done. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, until I'm done just murdering people. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's the end of this episode. So, did either of you get, um, which, obviously, I, uh, how new is this show? Or when, when did this It came show? out I mean, this it's... year. Okay. So, in yeah. not saying that it was based off of this, because the thing that I'm going to reference is probably based off of something else, which is probably based off of something else, but I would imagine if I continue watching the show, I'm going to get big Mr. and Mrs. Smith vibes. Ooh, Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, because Kinda, that was yeah. that movie with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, yep. and they're both secret agents, and they both work separately, and, like, they both pretend to come home and just be normal fucking yes. people to each other, but they're married to yes. each other. It's, like, one of those things where, like, they're both working for totally different organizations, but they're both, yep. like, trained killers, and, like, but eventually that's going to come out. Like, it has mm. to. Like, one of See, them's going to get a hit from the other. I remember the very end of that movie. So like all of the action. Other. Yeah. Like I don't remember any, any of the other parts. So like when you said Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I was just like, so they're going to fight each other. Yeah. Eventually. Like that was the only well, thing that came to mind. Cause wow, like the, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are not a couple. No, they haven't been a couple a for a very long time, but when yeah. they did the movie, they were, and it was just like, I think they became yeah. a couple either during or shortly after that movie. Thought it was but, before, or but, uh, I want to say it was during. 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 Yeah. During. So, 
But that's the thing, though, is that, like, it's a very similar feel to it. And I could totally, mm. like, just storyline-wise, you need to have an escalating uh, conflict. And, like, the greatest conflict that they're going to have is one of them has to, like, get the order to kill the other one at some point. Mm. You know, like... Right. And that's going to be, like, a huge thing. And then... Which, clearly, that's where it's going. Because Lloyd is part of... Uh, I, I forgot what side or country he's from but basically like the 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 uh west and then your is an assassin for the east (laughs) he's a california boy huh is that (laughs) california love yeah it's just weird i didn't i didn't see i didn't see him eating a a burrito or riding a surfboard at all (laughs) um i thought it was a really good show though um i think that even though i can kind of see where this is going i there's going to be a lot of things in between that they can do Mm. to like it's going to be like the close call scenarios right where it's like yes they each have their own missions they almost found out it's like they're that's what it is they're also so overly involved with their own things that they're just kind of like willfully blind to the other person's things yeah i could totally see it and I, i it's one of those things that i can see that being a thing and not being like honestly like truly not being annoying being actually entertaining because the whole time you're just waiting for it to be like a little too far where like they get caught and then they don't um Mm. so see having watched just like three episodes of this i didn't really get that that would be like one of the conceits of the show that they wouldn't it seems ever figure out that they're all have special things going on no, they will, so they will, like, eventually, in my mind, eventually, one of them will get the order to kill the other one, and then the 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 wild card is the daughter, because she's psychic. I, I feel like, Keith, what you're talking about is what the finale will be, because I, I feel like they're going to... They're going to play this out for a long time because that's the whole premise of the show, right? They're okay. they're a family, but they have very secret, different lives. But I feel like and also the daughter is this wild card, like MacGuffin, where like when one of them is about to get fucking like <laughs> totally found out by the other one, the daughter is going to be the one that like saves their ass. Like she's going to be mm. the one that protects the secret for them, purely because. She she's gonna grow attached to them, but she's also gonna want to just continue to watch the shit show that's happening, and like, it's 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 the character like it's it's a show that honestly I really like because I feel like the trio of characters that it has writes itself at this point. Like oh yeah, it's it's like perfect. You could literally write yourself mm-hmm. into or out of any scenario you want to. Mm-hmm. So good like <laughs> so, so uh, i definitely wasn't getting oh i just smacked the shit out of my mic um i wasn't getting <laughs> that that was going to be something that goes throughout the entire series i kind of assumed in the first few episodes they would be playing off this whole like uh like 
I don't know, tightrope walking around each other of like, yeah, I got to do my job. I can't let him know about this. I figured eventually they were the spy family because they would all come together mm. and work together and like with all their special abilities. I didn't know it would be kind of like a threes company, <laughs> you know, situation where it's like a whole bunch of misunderstandings, a whole bunch of lying and cuz cuz the the psychic daughter Anya Anya is always mm. going to know what's really going on and is just not ever going to let on. So when that eventual order for I'm assuming the wife to kill the husband comes, it's just like she's going to know because she's going to be thinking about it. Mm. True. So I don't know. Well, um how many Fuck, I don't know what kind of uh, scale yeah, we, we should go with on this. We didn't have really over-the-top funny thing quantity to talk about. Like, most most cartoons, we have something that we could use as a scale. But for this one... How many, how many psychic orphans out of ten <laughs> would you give the spy family? Or spy cross family, spy family, spy ex family? I was going to say how many 27-year-old fruitcakes, but I guess... Uh, <laughs> uh, spy, spy orphans, bro. <laughs> I, I, I do like the fruitcake one. That's more for comedic value. Yeah. Um, uh, it's... I like this show. Um, I feel like they can do a lot with it, and I feel like they're going to do a lot with it, and I kind of want to watch more. It's only watchable on Crunchyrolls. That is one of the big problems. Yeah, so basically I'm only going like to watch it on my phone. I would like to watch it on my TV, but getting Crunchyroll downloaded onto the Roku, mm. signing in on there, it's like a step too far for me. I think I could cast it. I think I could actually cast it from my phone to my TV because they're both Samsung. But um, so, See, like that's I, I that's my it, only barrier. Uh, I watch well, on my TV because I'm my computer hooked to my TV. Mm. So like but, I, I watched it because of the uh, because of the the delay and being able to continue watching this show. I ended up, I didn't want to watch more of this right away, so I actually, a uh, little peek behind the curtain, I ended up editing the uh, Seven Deadly Sins episode, and editing that and remembering how that show went and wanting to know more, I ended up watching a couple more episodes of that, and I kind of ran into the same situation that I used to run into way back in the day when I used to watch dubbed anime, is if I'm watching it on the TV in a comfortable chair, I just start falling asleep, <laughs> no matter how interesting it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I think for me to consume anime at this point, it has to be like subbed, and it has to be uncomfortably sitting in a computer chair at the computer mm. like that's just how it how it works for something me, that keeps your attention yeah you're you're forcing yourself to keep your attention on it yeah because if if it's super simple and it's just like people talking and it's english and i just understand it and i'm comfortable i just start drifting off i guess yeah 
You, you know, um, you mentioned Seven Deadly Sins, which was done by, uh, or at least the, the episode we watched uh, in season one was A1 Productions that did it. Um, A1 Productions did this series as well, or at least one of the, the offshoots, because A1 kind of broke up into two different ones, I think. And uh, it's Clover something. I'm spacing on the name of this the, the people who produced this one. It's Clover... I'm spacing... Cloverworks. Uh, Cloverworks uh, was part of A1 Studios, or A1 Pictures, so uh, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, some of the people who did the animation for that are the same people who did the animation for this series. Uh, I, so, just another connection between those episodes, uh, or those series, as you, you know... I thought I'd just bring it up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine. Nice. I, th I think it's a solid show. I think that they, like I said, they have a lot of places that can go with this. I like the characters. I like the, the, like, although I didn't see episode one, I saw episode two where they finally have the three main characters like together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. It's action. It's comedy. It's awkward social situations. Like, I, I don't know. I think they did a really good job with it, and I'm hoping that I have time to watch more. Nice. Hmm. nice. I think I would go a little bit lower at an 8. Uh, whatever rating scale we decide to go with out of 10. 27-year-old fruitcakes. <laughs> that gets really confusing to say. Eight twenty-seven year old fruitcakes. Um, oh, I just think of a fruitcake that was made twenty-seven years ago. <laughs> it's still probably I really. Good. I really enjoyed the animation. Uh, this this show, honestly, if I was able to watch it in stride, it would have hooked me. I, I probably would have gotten into it. I actually can't remember if I watched it subbed or dubbed initially but i almost watched it in german the first time because <laughs> i know oh no that's it, what happened it's always right? set for german i don't know why it's like that it's, it's always set for german that was so fucked up because i knew this was a spy thing so i was just like oh this is just the part where they're speaking german it's just weird that <laughs> <laughs> this, is, and, this is just the normal part of every so anime know. where they speak german <laughs> I was so weirded out because it wasn't just like a quick thing. It just kept going. And I was just like, wait, what is happening? What the fuck is happening? Like, I even recorded that video and I sent it to you because I was just like, what am I doing wrong? What did you do? <laughs> like, does Tom secretly speak German? <laughs> no, God. Tom's been a secret oh, he Nazi is a the whole time. <laughs> he is a spy. It's, oh. uh, we, we're on to you, Tom. Yep. Oh, oh I, I he's like a third it, generation oh, World uh, War Two sleeper. <laughs> sleeper Keith, how do you say I'm a jelly donut? <laughs> oh, it it I'm Berliner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's it. What the yeah. fuck? I don't know. JFK I don't think he actually said he was a jelly donut, but it was like close enough for like people missing. Close him. enough for us to talk about it in history class. J, JF, JFK went to Germany and the story is that he said like essentially he meant to say like I am a Berliner. But he said, like, ich ein Berliner, and apparently the translation of that actually means, like, I'm a pastry filled with jelly. I'm a jelly donut. Yeah. Uh, All oh, right, then. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't 
I didn't give my rating yet, have yeah. I? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, I know I've been. And that's all the time we have for today. So I know before I... Tom gives it the ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it a ten. I'm gonna give it a nine nine point five uh, fruitcakes because I really like this series and I am completely up to date with it. I, I currently the second half of season one or. Maybe it's season two. It depends. If you're in Japan, it's the second half of season one. If you're in the U.S., it's season two. It's that weird thing. Anyhow, uh, I am currently up to date with the dub, uh, so much so that I've considered watching the sub just to watch the next two episodes rather than wait a week for the next dub to come out. I really enjoy this series. Uh, it, it feels wholesome. It's fun. It's cute. Uh it's got a lot of stuff I like. The animation is wonderful. Um, the 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 characters, the storyline, everything about it. I mean, yes, like uh, I guess, like Keith pointed out, it, it feels kind of predictable. You know where it's going ultimately. But that but, doesn't make it feel bad by any means, right? And, and as somebody, and I don't want to spoil anything, but as somebody who's watched all the episodes that are out there that's dubbed currently. Uh, they don't make it boring. It's not the same. It's not like they use the same game plan week after week. They focus on other things. They keep it fresh. So, I, I give it a nine point five and feel great with that nine point five. And I highly recommend Spy Family to any of our listeners. It's a really good uh, anime. It's it's uh, yeah, probably one of my favorite of the year. Awesome. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you for spending this time with us. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Take care, drive safe, and until all are one, I've been Corey. I've been Tom. Sometimes you wish that everything you'd done in your adventure would all just go away. Like when you'd wish for your dad to come back when you were <laughs> I had to reread the AI. That game's gonna drive me to drink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Just, just Bye remember, then. if you have a bunch of broken flutes, just Slits combine bites. them together into one big flute. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Dick.